Hello, this is Janet from JanetSandberg.com, and you're listening to the Phoenix Wisdom Podcast, the weekly show that talks to peers and professionals who open up about their darkest moments when they felt like ending it all, why they didn't, and how they transformed their lives in order to triumph over the darkness and despair. Please remember to subscribe if you'd like to hear more inspiring stories. Hello, and welcome to the Phoenix Wisdom Podcast. I am your host, Janet Sandberg, and today we are joined by Terry DeMauro. I hope I said that right. I meant to ask you before we started. I'm like, are you DeMauro or DeMauro or I, I give DeMauro? <laughs> I assume it's Italian. It is. Um, I give it the D. You know, it's a nice little DeMauro. <laughs> All right. Um, just introduce yourself to our audience. Tell us a little bit about you. Uh, sure thing. So um, I am 35 this year, which is kind of a big milestone for me. Um, I have uh, two amazing kids. One's uh, six years old. He's a six-year-old boy of all boys. Um, so he's an SK right now. And then I have a nine-month-old daughter. Uh, she was born in August, and so just going through the whole um, infant, newborn, baby, getting into crawling stage has been uh, fun, <laughs> and it's also super interesting to note the differences between the two kids and the similarities and all of that stuff, um, and so I'm primarily stay-at-home mom, and I work on the side as um, a photographer for lifestyle and small events. And I also dabble in custom sugar cookies and some relationship coaching as well. So um, keeping busy for sure. Yeah, you're a woman of many talents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need the different areas of focus. I find um, I was recently diagnosed ADHD. So that makes a lot more that sense. That makes a lot now. of sense. <laughs> <laughs> I do like to have, you know, um, different outlets and different things to focus on depending on kind of where my brain and my mood is that day. Yeah, makes sense. Makes mm-hmm. sense. <laughs> All right. So we are here to tell stories of transformation and triumph. So why don't you let us know what was going on in your life when you felt really low, when you thought maybe you didn't want to be here? Um, what was, what was happening? So for me, like my story starts super young, which is, I think important to highlight. Um, because those things can start when you're a lot younger and, don't always get picked up on. So the the first time I was really thinking, you know what, maybe I shouldn't really be here anymore. It was in grade six. Oh, wow. And I had been struggling with um, what I've now learned was undiagnosed generalized anxiety disorder uh, with depressive episodes. I've been struggling with that since grade three. And um, it got worse. And because of um, the way things were at home, now I came from a very loving, which is one of the reasons I'm still here. But 
Uh, I'm the youngest of three and my siblings are a fair bit older than me. They're eight and six years older. Okay. So they were going through their teenage um, whatevers at that time. And uh, so my sister ended up becoming pregnant and, you know, having the baby and they were living with us. So that whole dynamic became um, very overwhelming for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I loved it because it was exciting because there was a baby and everything. But, you know, it took a lot of focus and attention away from me. And I was still pretty young at that time. Right. Um, so just, sorry, just to interject yeah. here, if we have anybody who's not in Canada and listening, so grade six, you would have been 11. Yeah, that's okay. right. Um, and I'm born earlier in the year. So like 11, 12, uh, but in and around that age. And um, I think at that point, when I started like having those thoughts and considerations, it the reasoning behind it was because um, like, I'm not important. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, there's so much other stuff that's going on that's more important than me. And I'm just yeah. like extra space. I'm taking up extra space. And so in my mind, it was like, well, would it be better and easier for everyone else if, you know, I was out of the picture? So it wasn't so much like necessarily that I was even hurting or, you know, at that age, even understanding the concept of what it would mean to, to not be alive anymore. Mm -hmm. It was more so like, how do I make things easier for the people that I love that are struggling? Right. And I well, and plus you would have had also like those puberty hormones going crazy and, and, you know, affecting the way that you think as well, plus the anxiety, plus the depression, plus all of the other stuff that was going on at home. That is a lot. Yeah. And so, um, I mean, obviously it was never anything that, you know, I, I went through with, um, but, and I never, um, attempted, but, uh, for me, it was like, I don't, the reason I didn't was because I knew I had people who cared about me and who would be sad if I wasn't here. So I feel like that's really important to highlight because especially now, like being a parent and seeing how, um, overwhelming and engrossing it can be for maybe one child over another for a little bit um just making sure that you do take that that opportunity to show both or all of your kids that you know you do love them and that they are loved and that they are you know safe and all of that stuff because that's really what kept me around and again not understanding the full grasp of what it would mean if I wasn't Mm -hmm. it, it was more so just maybe it would be better for everyone so um really happy that I did have what I knew to be a very loving family. It was just a very difficult and overwhelming circumstance. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that is, that's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, it obviously was a lot for everybody in your household mm-hmm. um, to deal with. How did you, you said, you know, you just got through it because you knew that you were loved. Was there anything else did your parents ever know what was going on with you they knew I would say like my mom knew something was probably up I would miss a lot of school like I think she knew that um mental health wise I wasn't great you know she she was very aware of that and and understandably you know I wouldn't necessarily be at that time with everything that was happening 
Um, and she did, you know, do little things to make me feel special. She, I still have it. She got me a penguin mug because I love penguins. And we used to have tea together all the time. And she's like, you know, I know that you've been feeling like you're not important. I want you to remember that you are. So like I said, I still have it. Every time I see it, you know, it it makes me smile and remember that. Um, And, you know, like, so my, my nephew, I like, I became an aunt when I was 10. And I remember saying, you know, I think my nephew would miss me, you know, even though he's the reason (laughs) that, you know, everything's going so crazy right now. I love him. Right. And I think he would miss me because I mean, we were so close in age. We were like brother and sister. Right. Yeah. So that relationship did a lot um, to, to like, keep me around and remember that again, you know, I had a place and I was important and it was just, I think that was when I started learning that, um, you know, things are going to happen, right? Tough things are going to happen and you you get through it as a family together. Mm -hmm. And that's, that is ultimately what we did. Um, And so after that, like, like I said, I was undiagnosed anxiety until I was almost 30. Oh, wow. That's a long time. Yeah. I got my, my official diagnosis, like while I was pregnant with my son. So that was six, seven years ago now. Um, so I struggled moving forward and it went from, it went from like suicidal thoughts to, um, self-harm thoughts. Mm. And this is like entering high school time. Okay. And the reason, and I still struggle with them from time to time. And the reason is because Um, I want to make what's going on in my mind that nobody can see real for other people to see. Right. Right. So it wasn't so much because I know there are different reasons for for self-harm and a lot of people will do it, you know, for the pain itself, for the pain rush. Right. They just want to feel something. That's right. Whereas for me, it's like, I want to show you that what I'm dealing with mentally is real, right? Like a manifestation of it. Again, I'm thankful that it was never something that, um, I went ahead and did. I was able to talk myself back from actually going through with any sort of physical act of it, but struggled immensely. Um, you know, had, sharp objects and being like no I really shouldn't um there was one time I got really upset and I I had this old um couch in my room it was like this horrible little fold-away couch (laughs) I got really upset and overwhelmed about something and I just remember like just punching at it I was probably I was in grade 12 so I was probably like 16 17 and I still have the scars on my knuckles and they wow. they just completely opened up and you know they were at school they would start bleeding and I've always had a very good relationship with my mom but that was always one thing I never spoke to her about all she did was look at me and go like are you okay are you safe and I said yes and she dropped it um so there is a lot of still you know that buildup of of 
needing some sort of release, some sort of act, a physical, either something you can see or something mm-hmm. tangible. Yeah. Right. To make what's going on that nobody can see real for them. Yeah. <clears throat> and so I think that's a big part of whether you're talking about self-harm or you're talking about suicide, you know, it's not the fact that I want to hurt myself. And it's not the fact that, um, like, I, I want to die necessarily. It's that I need to show you that something really big is happening, even though you can't see it. Mm-hmm. And then that step further saying, I just want that pain to stop. Yeah. And that's where I started getting into um, as I got older, because I did end up with a lot of chronic illnesses that have, um, you know, chronic fatigue, chronic pain, um, debilitating, you know, migraines and body pains. And when I get into really bad flares that don't go away within a week or two, and I start wondering, oh, God, like, is this a new normal for me? I get into those thoughts again, you know, can I keep living like this? You know, I don't want to die, but I don't want to live in this pain anymore either. And there's so far anyways, nothing I've found that can alleviate that pain except waiting it out, you know, until Mm -hmm. it gets a little better. Yeah. So it's been a very lifelong struggle. Um, I have, you know, I did a few years of therapy before I had my son which was very helpful. And then I was placed on medication for anxiety, which was amazingly like life-changing for me. Super Mm -hmm. small dose, but just enough to be like, you know, getting that. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. Like this is maybe how I'm supposed to be living and taking part in my life and not being so overwhelmed and worried about controlling everything. And I mean, we could talk about how that stems from being out of control when I was a kid, right? It, it all fits together. Yeah. Um, so I've done that. And then more recently, getting diagnosed and medicated for ADHD was that last little kind of bit that helped me really get a handle on the overwhelm and the stress and be like, okay, like I got this. So it took a long time. You know, yeah. you're talking grade three till 30 years old. That's a huge chunk of time. Yeah. I'm very happy and very fortunate that I did get things figured out and I was able to talk to someone and learn, you know, what was going on a little bit better and how to manage it more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really key. And I think now, well, there's more of us willing to talk about our mental health, which helps a lot. Um, even just to to help people feel less alone, which is what I'm one of the major reasons that I'm doing this podcast. Um, but also the more we talk about it, the more we're aware of what other people have gone through, we can see that in ourselves and be like, oh, maybe that's a thing that I need. Maybe I have anxiety, maybe I have. ADHD and things can change. Um, you know, I'm going to be getting tested soon for ADD as well. And I learned that there's also something called late onset mm-hmm. ADHD and ADD, ADD, where you're, you know, it comes on 
in the middle of your life and you know you were fine as a kid but so it's and some people have it the other way you know it really affects them as a kid and they kind of grow out of it so don't ever write anything off basically um and and be aware of yourself and and how you think and how you function but it really resonated with me when you said you know the the self harm piece of we just want people to see how we're feeling mm-hmm. you know like that is it's so hard to explain it with words right when people are like oh like they can tell there's something not right and but trying to explain those feelings they're so big they're so overwhelming and for somebody who has never experienced that they're just not going to to understand mm-hmm. unless you do something super extreme yeah because like um I would talk and I would try to explain and it's exactly like you're saying like people they they kind of get it but then it kind of gets brushed off or you know you don't feel like it's being taken as seriously by who you're talking to as it feels for you right so like this feels huge to me but when I explain it to someone they're like that doesn't sound like such a big deal maybe right and then so then you're still left and I don't know I other people probably experience it too where it's like you want to explain yourself clearly but then you also don't want to bring the other person down mm-hmm. <laughs> right? yeah or you don't like, want to burn them to, yeah I don't want you to or I do want you to understand but I also like I don't want to scare you or I don't want to make you feel bad and then you just get left you know ruminating in your own feelings and head again right and then it just gets worse and it spirals. And, and, and that was me when I was hitting, hitting bottom sort of repeatedly. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to tell my, my boyfriend, husband, whatever he was at the time, um, because I didn't want him to worry. I didn't want, like, I knew that I wasn't going to act on it. Yeah. Right. But I was still having those thoughts and having those feelings. And I'm like, but I don't want to worry anyone with all of this. Like, Mm. so I'm just not going to say until I got past it. And then I was like, oh yeah, I was having all these really terrible thoughts and, and suicidal ideations. Um, But you know, I got through it. It's fine. And they're like, why didn't you tell us? Like, well, I didn't want to worry you. Yeah. Um, Which it's not really the best way to do things, I will say. Like, it is really good, especially if that person can understand mm-hmm. where you are. And, you know, you want to be able to explain it to them so they understand, but you don't want them to understand because it's really terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's this terrible sort of double-edged sword. It absolutely is. And I think that's why, you know, speaking with a professional is is so helpful. And it's it's not like you would have to, you know, keep going every week or whatever, but when you are having those episodes or that, that month or, you know, and everything just feels like it's, blah, it's nice to be able to go and talk to somebody who at the end of the day, I mean, obviously they're, they're going to care and, you know, they're going to feel for you, but they're not going to be directly impacted by the fact that you're going to look at them and say, I think I want to die. Like they're going to say, okay, like, you know, let's figure it out. Let's talk about it. Whereas, you know, you go to your spouse or whatever, and you're like, I think I want to die. And they're like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh okay. Um, 
no right and they're not <laughs> equipped to yeah. to deal with that so yes yeah talking to a professional it's definitely a good way to go if you can find one if you can afford one um and there are definitely more affordable ways to mm-hmm. find that help now than there used to be um you know all those the the online um things um like better help or yeah, that's probably the biggest one um are are you know i've heard heard good things and bad things about them but um you know if if you can't afford a, a traditional person um or there's a wait list like you know here in canada if you want to see an actual psychiatrist um you're going to be waiting a very long time right now Mm-hmm. So I, I was kind of rushed through to see a psychiatrist because I was pregnant at the time. Mm. I wanted to make sure everything was like stable. So I was kind of lucky in that respect. And actually, by the time I saw her, I was already medicated um, on the advice of several other doctors who were like, you need something. So by the time I saw her, I was actually doing a lot better. Um, but I, I know the only reason I got in to see her like that fast was because they were concerned about like my maternal mental health. Right. Yeah. 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 So there, there are options, um, for, for people, you know, whether it's the traditional route or the other route. And if you can't find a professional, you know, at least talk to somebody, you know, talk to somebody is, and, uh, so that you don't have to resort to showing people how how bad you're feeling um so tell us um a little bit about life now that you you're you're here and uh you know it's and I also um love that you you said you know it's it's not just all sort of happiness all the time Mm -hmm. now like you decided not you've decided to stay You've decided not to hurt yourself, which is amazing, but it doesn't mean that it's automatically, you know, everything roses all the time. Um, but, but what, 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 what is life like now? I mean, it's, it's tough, (laughs) but, um, I'm really happy on the grand scheme of things, you know, like I have a very loving and supportive husband. We, we do have a very strong relationship we just celebrated our eight-year wedding anniversary yesterday congratulations thank you and we've been together since we were 18 so it's you know he's my person and Mm -hmm. I'm very lucky to have him and we can have those real conversations with each other where you know we're trying we're trying to attack the problem and not each other and that is really super important for both of us yeah and, you know, our, our kids are amazing and they're challenging in their own ways. And that's okay too. I think, I think the best part is that I know I have the tools and the resources and also just the knowledge, like you were saying, like if, if I start hitting a lot lower than I want to be, maybe I do go and talk to somebody again for a month or two, just to kind of you know, re up on (laughs) some, some help. And, you know, it's, that's absolutely okay. And I'm very lucky. I've got, um, two that I'm, I'm thinking of in particular, amazing friends that I can go to and say, 
this isn't for you to freak out. And I promise you that I would never actually do it, but I think I want to die. And they'll be like, okay, like, let's get a coffee. Let's get the cookies out. And let's just, cause sometimes, and I, I remember saying this to my therapist too. Sometimes I just want to be able to tell the story Mm -hmm. just to get it out and you know I've seen that meme recently but so many times where it's like if you're not letting it go you're carrying it and it gets heavy yeah you just want to speak it to get rid of the power that it's holding so I love that I can do that I love that I know my warning signs as well so um there was uh twice twice since my daughter was born in August where and and I absolutely hated it where I had that intrusive thought of like I want to hurt myself um and then I would stop and go okay like what's actually going on and so having the tools from before to sit and look at you know what's happening in this situation why is that my impulse okay this this and this let's work on that that's super Mm -hmm. helpful yes it also lets me know when I haven't been taking my medication properly right (laughs) So I'll be like, okay, I got to make sure I'm doing that again. And usually like when I realized that those are things that have been missing, like I skipped a couple medication doses, um, maybe I'm not respecting or setting my boundaries properly. When I start looking at that, I can usually bring myself back now. And that's pretty incredible to me. And I really like that it's things I'm teaching right now, my son, I mean, my daughter is still pretty much a potato, but (laughs) really cute potato (laughs) she's adorable um but he has you know he struggles with big emotions and he is diagnosed adhd autism and because of that i want to make sure i'm giving him these tools really early so that he understands how to express himself he understands that all emotions are okay even the big uncomfortable ones and that he's safe to work through them with us um so you know, that is something I'm I'm super grateful for having gone through the experience myself, which was not the, the greatest, but being mm-hmm. able to now give those uh, lessons to him. So hopefully he doesn't have to go through it. I mean, I'm sure he'll go through a little bit here and there, but maybe not as tough. Yeah. 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 I'm just, <laughs> I'm just thinking of that's the, the brightest outlook is that you know, it, it sucks to go through these things, but when we get to the other side, then we're that much more compassionate and empathetic and have the tools to help those close to us Mm. or not close to us, you know, like, like we're doing right now, we may not know who we're helping, but, um, if we can say one little thing that's going to help somebody, then it's, it's all been worth it. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I've, I've been through, a lot um in my own life someday I'll 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 do an episode where it's just me talking um but you know for 10 years as I'm going through all of these traumas I'm like what why does this keep happening to me mm. um and now I'm like oh but now I can help so many more people because I've been through so much mm-hmm. and um I'm not to brag, but, you know, super compassionate and empathetic and, and, and have a lot of survival tools, um, and, and just a different life outlook than 
a lot of people have who have never had to face hardship or at least not as much hardship. Everybody faces some, some sort of hardship, but it all hits us a little bit differently. Definitely. And, you know, working as a coach, when I do sometimes either in interviews or speaking with potential, you know, clients during discovery calls and stuff, they'll be like, well, why you, right? Like there's a million family relationship coaches, like what sets you apart? And it's what you were just saying. It's like my experience. And you know what, maybe that experience is what you need. And maybe it's not, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's okay too. But because of what I've gone through, I have a certain expertise and understanding of certain things. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you're saying like, you're, you're taking that now and you're, you know, putting it out there to be accessible for people who, you know, might, the reason I love what you're doing is because there are so many people who aren't ready to take that step yet, but to be able to, you know, throw on a podcast or throw on a video and just hear and absorb and feel like they're understood Mm -hmm. is so huge because taking that step from I got this to I don't got this and I got to talk to somebody can take a really long time it did for me because I mean I love psychology so I understood what was happening to me Mm -hmm. like I did I got it I was like okay like I know I'm anxious I know I have depression like I, I get it but what I said to, to my husband was I used to be able to control or fix and now I can't. Mm-hmm. So even though I understand, I don't know how to fix anymore. Right. And that's when I started going and talking with someone and it, she, you know, it was kind of nice. We got to kind of dive right into to the tools and part of the fixing because I did already have a background in everything. You know, yeah. I like, I went in, I'm like, look, <laughs> <laughs> I know what's going on. Can you just help me work through it? And she's like, yes, this is beautiful. <laughs> so it was nice. We got to like, like I said, just jump right in and start getting to like the meat of the therapy sessions, which otherwise might take, you know, a couple of sessions to get into. So I, I enjoyed that. That was great. Mm-hmm. As I just reminded of, um, when I started working with a new therapist a couple of years ago and we did our first two sessions were just full intake sessions of me, you know, going over my history and all the things that, that I'd been through and what was going on. And she just looked at me at the end of the second session. She was like, that's a lot. Yes. <laughs> like, okay. Cause you know, sometimes you're just like, maybe I'm overreacting. Maybe. I shouldn't be feeling this way. Maybe, you know, everybody else in the world seems to be able to handle their shit. Okay. Like why, what's wrong with me? And then you tell a professional and they're like, wow, like that's a lot. It was just a little bit of validation. And we need that too, that it's okay to feel like we're about to go off the deep end because we've been through a lot, like legitimately we've been through a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it's good to have, again, that just that somebody who understands so that we feel less alone and somebody who says it's, you are legit to feel the way that you do. Um, but you don't have to feel that way. We can fix it. And that's where the, the help comes in. I know that validation is amazing, right? Like that's when you finally just like break down. You're like, okay, I got it all out. And they're like, 
damn that was a lot you're like oh god I know <laughs> it's like I thought it was too but I wasn't sure uh-huh exactly so if you could leave our listeners with a parting thought what would that be um I would say that it if you're going through it find your person you know whoever that is whether it is a professional whether it is like your best friend that you can just unload to and you know get it out because so I guess that would be it like don't hang on to it and think that it's not so heavy because it is and it gets heavier the longer you hold on to it and if you yourself are not going through it right now um I would say just be aware of the people in your lives and check in from time to time. You know, it's been so hard, especially uh, for me with a young family. You know, I feel like I don't check in with with my people enough Mm -hmm. Um, and they understand that. So they also know that they can come to me no like no matter what. Yeah. So I think having that relationship, at least one person in your life that you can do that um, is going to get you through a lot. Uh, my best friend moved, um, she moved to Hamilton. Uh, so she's about an hour away now. And I hate it because I don't see her enough anymore. But when we do see each other, it literally is, we got chips and cookies and drinks, Mm -hmm. and it's literally like six hours of just, okay, you go, I go, you go, I go. And by the end of it, it's like this weight is just, gone and it feels amazing so I hope anybody who is listening um has that person and if they don't then seek out you know a professional that they can make that person yeah beautiful thank you so much for being on the podcast and sharing your story and and your experience and Mm. um yeah thank you I appreciate you I hope it helped and you know, some other people got some uh, valuable stuff out of it too. I'm sure they did. Thank you for listening. Remember that you are loved. You are worthy. You are valuable. You are meant for more and that it really does get better. If you are in crisis, there are numbers that you can call or text to get the help that you need. That information for Canada and the U.S. is in the description below each episode. If you are in immediate crisis, please call 911. We love you, and I hope you'll listen again.